Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Honestly, the shirtless in winter is... He's not a snack, he's a meal. Don't tell me what to do. Finally, you put a little zazz on it. I like it. Thanks, Magdul. You've been to battle? What blurb did you write? Eh, I've had better grass. He licks your hand a little. Well, here we go. Fuck your shit, Alistair. Summon pet. Is this OSHA certified? This is really basically a fire exit. Mari's trying to just not look down too much. She does not like heights. And she's just, again, she's... Hey, we had one of you before. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Don't worry, he died. <laughs> but not from falling. Not from heights. Welcome back to Dice Shame. This is Season 2, Episode 64, Mountain Oysters. MVP this week is Nick Siegel. Nick commented on our Facebook page saying, I love this pod and you folks that make it. I've been listening since the very first episode. I can't wait for each new episode. I can't wait for the new episode each week. Best D&D podcast out there. Thank you so much for listening, Nick. You're this week's MVP. Yeah, thanks, Nick. All right, should we do this? Yeah, let's do it. Woo! Anybody ever realize that when we do that, dun 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 dun, we're kind of continuously saying D and D. So one of you shared in the in the chat that we have. We have a sneaky chat just for us, and none of you can read. Yeah, we have this chat. No homers allowed. We allowed one. <laughs> no Alex is allowed. We're allowed two. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> and one of you shared sort of a a comment and the person's comment in the picture that was shared was, you know, any setting where the elves have weaker booze than the dwarves isn't committing to the bit. And uh, and you know mm. the the idea there is that elves have lived an infinitely long time. They just Live and live and live and live, and so <laughs> it's all they're have, good at, really. It's really all they do. <laughs> so they have all this time to like perfect their, you know, their 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 tolerance, whatever it is, whether it be honey or booze, or maybe maybe not honey. Honey's honey. But what's your question, Alex? So <laughs> I, I think it's less about a question; it's more about a discussion. <laughs> less of a question, more of a comment. <laughs> Do you think that just because elves have lived longer mm-hmm. than most other, you know, D&D species, that they therefore have the best um, equipment, alcohol, food? Like, they, do they have the best of everything mm. or, ah. or, or not? You know, I mean. There is something to be said for species that live longer having more of an opportunity to protect perfect things right like if you only have a five-year lifespan as a being you're probably not going to spend all of that time trying to perfect how to brew beer 
You got other shit going on. This is why hamsters are so bad at sculpture. Yeah. <laughs> That's the worst. This Although I, by that same logic, I expect elephants to be better painters. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, right. They're, they're going to be concerned with procreating and that's about it right fuck it yeah they yeah. just want to get busy okay, but here, so here's the here's the question though it's like what is best you know what i mean like if you were to say this is the best movie ever made right in 1944 that's a very particular type of movie in 2023 it's a very different type of movie and i think what maybe could be said is that a creature with an infinitely long life or however long elves actually live or whatever their version of best probably changes every 100 years or 50 years or 20 years maybe where it's like the best wine is this type of wine. And then 20 years later, the best type of wine is like this new type of wine. And what could be interesting is like a dwarf or, or anyone taking a sip of that wine from that year might be like, this is fucking trash. Because really what you're tasting is a lineage of experiences and failures and like understanding that fall 10 years ago was when the berries went sour and we all developed this taste for the sour wine, which kind of adds a layer to this wine this year that you wouldn't really appreciate unless you were alive 200 years ago to taste that sour berry. You know what I mean? There's a simplification taking place because we're, we're in this fantasy world and I don't know why it would be any different than like, you know, this art movement thinks this is the best and they're going to only use depict the real world with straight lines and no angles. But it's some pretty shitty art if you're trying to do a realistic painting of a something else, right? Like it really depends on what, what where you're coming from and what you're trying to achieve. And I, I think there are as many the best version of anything as there are cultures or peoples or movements or whatever, right? Like maybe you've got the movement of people in your fantasy world who wants to make the best synthesis of taste, wants to take the best from every culture of the elves and the dwarves and the halflings and make the like the coolest thing together versus the the purists who want to, you know, like only want the, the special dwarven IPAs from down under or whatever. Right, right, right. But if you, okay, if you take that on an infinite timeline like we're talking about, Okay, and your goal was to synthesize this or whatever. Eventually, you would do it, and then you'd get bored, and then you'd be like, "Cool, well, here's another thing." I I so don't agree with that. Like, I, I hear that argument a lot with anything immortal of like, "Well, you do everything and eventually get bored." I just don't think that's no, no, no. how. What I'm saying is, you work. get bored of that and you pivot. That's why cubism yeah. and all these different art styles were like, "Hey, that painter." did this renaissance, I want to do it different. And then this painter's like, I want to do it a little different. And that's why that progression of art is like, and what I'm saying is, from an outside perspective, stepping in on the elves during their cubism period and tasting their wine, which as an artist would say, based on like the lineage of mm. styles, you can, you could pick out one of like, one picture from a very influential period and go, that's trash. Because you're viewing it from an outside perspective and not seeing it within the frame. The context. The context. Yeah. And I'm saying elves or long you know, living creatures have context that I don't think best is really ever what they're after. But more so an ever evolving palette and taste and flavor of like what the fuck the next thing might be. And I would love to see what the equivalent of like hippie elves would be in the Tolkien totally. universe for that era. Because, <laughs> you know, 
they went through cubism at some point and they're all wearing pastels <laughs> color field motherfuckers over here sure sure yeah I think what you're saying and what Joe is saying are, are two things coming from the very same side of it. Like, I think if you had infinite time, the the chances that you have preserved the context of all these different time periods before are better than someone who wasn't actually there. And so the idea that you could bring that context with you to the experience of a thing is important. But I also think if you have infinite time, you suddenly can run the experiments on terroir and the places things are from and how things are made and do all those things that hey maybe if it's a if it's a thing where you've got to age it in oak for 200 years and then do this other thing how many times can you do that if you're a person versus if you're an elf you know you're you have the best chance of of playing with all those variables in in a way that's got some consistency because you're one person doing it yeah but again i think you'd eventually get bored and and pivot and do do it like if your goal as an elf is like i want to make the best table a hundred years in, you're going to make what you think is the best table. And then you're going to be like, I need to make a new type of best table. And at the end of your 900 year life, you're going to have a thousand tables that look so vastly different from the beginning to the end because the best is no longer achievable. It's just different seasons. And you sit there depressed, wishing for the end of your life because you've spent no, a thousand I don't think so. years I think it's the opposite. <laughs> I think the meaning is in that journey where they're like, no, oh. I'm kidding, of course. I think for me, it's less important to think about the lifespan of a creature in this fantasy world and more important to think about that creature's predilection for the specific thing that we're talking about. Like, for example, well, jeez. <laughs> It doesn't have I, to be booze. Yeah. We'll take drinking example. for for this example, but if in our fiction dwarves are a species that are more likely to enjoy getting fucked up, then they're going to be much better as a species in At inventing ways up. to get fucked up than a species that is maybe like a lot more into reading books for example you know what i mean and there's of course going to be outliers They'll, there's going to be a crazy elf who's like kurt cobain or whatever who's like trying <laughs> kurt cobain elf <laughs> trying every yeah. new way to get messed up but i'm on a plane but overall <laughs> an outer plane <laughs> But overall, like if you go to a party, you're probably going to have more fun with the species that parties more. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I definitely lost sight of the question. It was who makes the best or who makes, who can do wine? Who would make the strongest? Booze? Who would make the strongest alcohol? That was the question? Yeah. Oh. We went on a I journey. Like, well, he said, who makes the best? You're like, I'm talking to Cubism. <laughs> he talked about the All best. And to, I, to me, that changed the think- conversation about best. If the question is, who makes the strongest alcohol? Sorry, I went on vacation. There was lots of art museums. It's really infected my brain. <laughs> I would say, yeah, I would agree with you. What's the goal of the culture? Is the goal of the culture to make the... Like, I wouldn't really think elves want to make the strongest Maybe alcohol. they do. I, I don't know. It depends know. on me, your own it fiction. it seems more like, you know, that wouldn't really be... And it's funny, they talk... They do this in the movies, too, uh, where... In the Tolkien movies, where... Gimli drinks or whatever and uh, then Legolas does and he's like I can feel it a little bit in my fingertips remember because it's like he can't get drunk no matter what because he's so cool that's like a difference in biology right they're arguing yeah but I guess to me maybe they're arguing that because he's like thousand years old that he's got a better tolerance for it i think mm. is kind of what they're meant to be maybe mm. maybe well i don't know legolas doesn't seem like the. i'm on team dwarves get drunk every day now i'm just thinking about the art stuff entirely because i feel like when like 
Harlan and Rob, when you were discussing like you know the art, the the elves going and doing like their their cubist period and blah blah blah, I'm like I don't think they would. I think that like in these societies that um, I always feel like that kind of like outsider art requires a lot of strife and it requires like a sudden massive change within the structures of both like are the the artistic like society itself and the wider society like it's placed within and i just don't think there would be enough upheaval to have that kind of art appear within these cultures in any sort of real like like wide swath of them maybe one guy is out there doing something but there wouldn't be like a movement it would just be like who that guy oh my weird cousin yeah well, i know he just paints weird stuff and we don't and get that it. goes very much so. to the like the history of of the world but like as soon as i think i think the whole the way elves are often presented in a lot of this fantasy fiction is like these snooty yeah but but <laughs> maybe in the time when it was like only elves and they had their great big high elf kingdoms and there was nothing going on there was no other forces acting on them you could you could maybe make that that argument mm-hmm. you're making of of this culture exactly. in a vacuum yeah. and then as totally soon as agree. they start smashing into hey these fanatic little fast young people keep popping up and building kingdoms and trying to do magic and shit and they're good at it actually and like there's no way that doesn't froth up the culture of a, of a people. And I think, like, viewing it, you take a thousand years of human history and you compare it to a thousand years of elven history, it's sort of like a, a zoom in, right? Like, a thousand years of human history might equal a hundred thousand years of elven history. So where our period, you know, might be a hundred years of art, might be... 5,000 for them, at which point what we're seeing of a 5,000 year stretch of them seems like it's all the same note, but really that's just one hundred year chunk in their lifespan the way it was for us. You know what I mean? Like it's kind mm-hmm. of tough because you're comparing a short human lifespan to a massively long elven lifespan and trying to use the same kind of like Yeah. But I also I also think Science, that the shortness yeah. of the shortness of life allows for more mental and internal strife and for those things to create allow people to create more So hamsters are great artists. <laughs> We've come back around. Phenomenal I see. Hamsters art. make mm. the best art. Uh, they they are terrible <laughs> realistic sculptures and they are fan- they are just make the weirdest outsider and shit. And cannon fodder. Yes, and side oh, no. and side hamster note, art is so underground you don't even get it. Oh, <laughs> the mole movement. These are some pretty great comments and opinions, but let me just tell you the the proper opinion. So <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> let me just tell you no, what's wrong. No, but you know what? I mean, you guys, have, as a dwarf, <laughs> <laughs> as a canonical dwarf. <laughs> I'm not necessarily taking sides, but I'm I'm going to I'm going to point put a couple thoughts out there. You know, have you ever been drawing a picture and mm-hmm. you keep adding yes. to it and you and you got this really great picture that you keep <laughs> adding to, but then you add to this picture <laughs> and the more you add, you think you're getting better until a certain point where you've added something to that picture and you added it in ink you and you it can't up. and you can and you ruined Just it. You're a dick on it. And you know, this is kind of going back to maybe something Harlan mentioned earlier where you get to, you may get to a point where you're perfecting it so much that you ruined it. And now you have a different taste from what you began with. And it's so acquired to your own culture that every other culture thinks, wow, what is this sour trash or whatever? Right. Mm -hmm. So there's that, there's that point. But then 
you know, there's also something to be said. Now, I, I don't know how long elves live, but there's also something to be said for... At least 10 years. It's pretend. It's all pretend, so... What what Nursal was saying, but was like, with, with respect to the culture, I mean, there's something to be said about having to look back at what prior generations have done and trying to do that better. But if you've lived all those generations... It's not, you're not really, you don't really desire to do that. So, I mean, I don't think that's true at all. I think you, you can see artists now looking back at the art they made 40 years ago and creating art in response to it. Like, I, it, everybody is constantly, mm. yeah, you know, reflecting back and, and, adjusting but i think just as many people who are doing that there's also the guy who like loved trains on day one and has been building model trains their whole life and will die with a paintbrush building model trains in their hand and that was just the thing that brought them joy and there's no like you don't yeah there's that variation between individuals also right you know and i propose this subject um not that I expect there to be an answer. Sort of like when we're playing a game of Dungeons and Dragons. But there is. It's dwarves. <laughs> Couldn't agree with you more. Hamster wine. <laughs> Realistically, if if we had to come down on who makes stronger alcohol, I would say dwarves. I would say. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are everything, everything. But what does everyone say? I actually want to know what everyone would come down on. Dwarves for sure. I dwarves, think it would be yeah, dwarves. Yeah. Yeah. I think dwarves live underground where it's hard to make wheat. And it's going to be somebody who lives above ground where they have the who stuff. Who said they to, made it out of wheat? Like, what the fuck yeah. are you talking? You think I don't wheat know. meat? Oh, God. Wow. I, you wow. I, think, I think cereal grains have a lot to do with how strong your alcohol is. That's just <laughs> a that you're, strange you're arguing like thing. real world wheat <laughs> science. Like Feywine. Like Feywine doesn't wine. fucking exist. Yeah. Come on, Rob. <laughs> I, but if you, if you, like my gut, my, my the, the way I would... <laughs> It's one of the things that's never made sense to me in fantasy. These people who live underground love making beer a thing made with stuff only above the ground, and they're the best at it. It doesn't make sense to me. It could be dirt beer. Yeasts and molds (laughs) don't exist underground. Yeah. I think it's Genassi. They're all weirdos. Yeah. (laughs) Great wine. Just wanted to be a contrarian. Sorry for being a realistic... Tabaxi's. Yeah. Hey, there's no right answer, and that's the same way as playing a Dungeons and Dragons game. So anyway, my argument is people, because we're reckless fucks, (laughs) and we're somebody's gonna make the strongest. You know what? I agree with you. I agree with you. Humans. Let's let's go play D and D. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Finally, the segues come through. Let's do it. Let's go. Woo. Woo. Doran, you're alone at the doorstep to the tunnels leading to Scarborough, so close yet so far, as the way is still shut, its password eluding you. Against your better judgment, you've left your best friends and adventuring companions in the company of someone you assessed to be a threat, an aggressive orc who is surely up to no good. A fact underscored by the screams you now hear from the distance. Your party is in trouble, and they need your help. And like a little, little locomotive, Doran comes running over the hill, head down, he's all storming, and he's got his axe, and he jumps over the ridge, and... Hell yeah, that's what I've been waiting for! Little bit of flavor! Look, stewed tomatoes are fine, but it's just a fucking tomato! Finally, you put a little zazz on it! With his axe up above his head, he's like, wait! Whoa! You're, you're not fighting? 
No! Finally feeling something! I love it when my mouth is on fire. Give me some more! You just ate like six peppers. <laughs> Put your weapon down and come enjoy some food. Don't tell me what to do. I'll, I'll, I'll lay my weapon down when I'm good and ready to. And he will lay, lays his weapon down. <laughs> but on my terms. <laughs> and then, and then, yeah, he joins the crowd and a little apprehensively approaches the orc and he says, well, I'm, I'm sorry if I was rude. It's just, it kind of took me off guard a bit seeing you out here like this. I mean, you know. You never know who who to see in the wild. You might you might stumble across a an owl bear or something. You know. Uh, anyways, let let me try some of your food. Uh, I'm starving. Oh, here, Doran, try this stewed tomato on toast. It's very bland. You'll love it. Mm. He serves you up the first course again to catch you back up with your friends. Wow, that's a lot of flavor. <laughs> As he lays the plate down in front of you, Doran, he sort of like looks up at you through his eyelashes and he's he says uh i know what you're dealing with uh, i don't usually make friends with dwarves either and i don't think anyone from my old clan would be very pleased to see me feeding this hard work my food to the likes of any of you yeah. but that's not to say that i shouldn't enjoy this and doran's heart starts to warm a little further and it turns from ice and begins to melt a bit as he's listening to what the orc is saying and he's thinking about his own situation about hiding you know his his wife Kremlon hiding her from his family for 15 years because of their judgment and their inability to accept her as just a a goblin I had to finally Abandon my my station as a battle mage and follow my heart. Wow. And that's why Mogdul's cookbook number one came into being. Hey, so you've been to battle too? Of course. And one. <laughs> he turns around and he shows you this like huge scar across his rippling back muscles. He's shirtless, by the way, this whole time. It should be very clear. Wow. <laughs> Jack's like, torn who? <laughs> I, I, honestly, the shirtless in winter is really what's getting me. Like, middle of you know February. And he's he's cooking up a storm. It's like hot pots. I guess. He's not a snack. He's a meal. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's just a snack. Just look at how hard his nipples yeah. are right now. Like, <laughs> and Doran starts eating the soup. And I feel like they get into the deep conversation about scars and he serves you guys up grilled scent ibex on a bed of cloud grass mm. Mm. wow doran the cloud grass is local to this area and something that you've definitely enjoyed previously in home cooking this is so uh, uh delightfully airy it's got a real I'm trying to think of all the cooking show shit. <laughs> the mouthfeel is so good. It's yeah. it's very well textured. I was just going to say yeah. fucking mouthfeel. Yeah, mouthfeel is a good word. Yeah, texture. Oh, the texture. Hints of the... anything in the world you want to put in there. Yeah. Eh, I've had better grass. Mm. <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with you? 
I eat everything. Sorry. You gotta understand, I, this is just one of many. Like, I've had cloudgrass before. Now, the Ibex is fantastic. Thank you. But the complexities of flavor. I mean, I'm just. It's like, yeah, I, I've had cloudgrass before, but it, this is lifted. It's, you know, you've taken some of that. Some of the incense from the Ibex, and, and look, you've even grated some of the antlers on top. Oh. Just a little bit. Mm, for just a, a little antler. A bit of earthy earthy on there. texture too it's even worse because those horns are like basically just big toenails you gotta eat here mm, grits <laughs> are we all eating the same food you have a course of ash beet and magpie crispies and then finally to finish off your meal a radiant northern style steamed rufari cake Ooh. This is cute. He unveils it uh, almost shyly, and the scent of it wafts into your nostrils. It's it's sour and sweet in equal measures, with like a, a pool of cream all around the bottom of it. Now this is where it's at. Oh. This, my friend, is talent. Look at this. Talk about feel better cake. For real. Fuck your <laughs> shit, Alistair. Look at this. <laughs> well, I didn't mean it that way. <laughs> Doran is sharing the beer that he got from Deadstone Cleft. Oh, yeah. You filled up, like, every water skin you yeah. owned. He's pouring it for the orc. He's pouring it for Red, Jack, and Mari. And he's drinking far too much himself. And I just feel like it's now getting on. And he says, I, you know, I, I really feel, I, I really want to thank you for this. I, how, how can we possibly repay you for all this delicious food? Well, you can give me a blurb, if you like. Uh, I mean, it seems like you guys are, are like, reputable adventurers, or so you've been telling me, so you mean, maybe a few... You mean like a testimony? A testimonial? Yeah, I mean, when you, when authors release new books, if they get, like, a blurb at the back of the book, they, it, people might pick it up and think, like, ooh... Riffery cake sounds really good, and Doran Ironfist liked it, so. <laughs> ah, we totally give you a blurb. Yeah, I got it. Absolutely. We're going with the name Red's Rovers for now. I like it. I like it. Yeah, I, I figured you would. Doran pulls out a page from his uh, journal, and he scribbles down something and passes it to the orc. Oh, thank you, Doran. Says the food was so delicious, it took, it took my mind off the fact that he's... A- He's a huge menacing orc. Doran. <laughs> and he grabs you to his chest and he picks you up in a huge hug. <laughs> you know what I meant every word of it. Oh, oh wow, you have a tight squeeze. Oh. I've never been so touched. Put her there. Friend. Give me a sec. I don't know that I can top that blurb. Thank you, Doran. Mm. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Druktartine! Gesundheit? No, Doran. His name is Mugdol. It's Mugdol. Mugdol. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. The password. Druktartine. It, it, it basically it translates to open home. Oh. Oh. Uh, <laughs> when we've been spending five hours just doing... That's okay, Mari. It's okay. We got a nice meal out of it. <laughs> Think about that. If we didn't do that, then we wouldn't be here. Mari? Yes, here's my blurb. This meal made up for waiting for five hours for 
everything else to happen. Oh, my God. Right. <laughs> Here's my blurb. The food was fantastic. Avoid the stewed tomato. Thanks, Red. No problem, buddy. Well, I'm going to get to the dishes now, but... uh, Where do you live? Where are you from? I don't want to talk about it. Where did you come from? Where do you go? Like, where did you come from? Mugdol? <laughs> Mugdol? Mugdol Joe? Where are you heading after this, friend? I'm going to head down south. I'm looking for warmer climates and uh, the fresh spring harvest. But but watch out for my book. Uh, I hope it's going to come out this summer. Hell yeah. I can't wait to try the rest of these. Mm-hmm. All right. Take care, guys. Bye. Bye. Thanks, Mugdul. Bye. Goodbye. Oh, hey, Alistair. Oh, Alistair. Oh, God. What, what, what'd you, what, what blurb did you write? Um, I said it was super good. I recommend him highly as your new personal chef. I don't think he's a <laughs> personal chef, Alistair. Oh, it was a dirty limerick. <laughs> there once was an orc named Mugdul. <laughs> <laughs> Whose dick was used like a tool. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Whose food would make you drool. Yeah, yeah, that's not dirty enough. That's exactly what I was going. Mm-hmm. Whose food was so good it would make your mouth drool. A limerick. It's too many We're syllables. All the woods. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, well, you remember, let's head back to the door. You head back to the mountain pass and stand in front of this formidable stone door. All five of us. Red, Doran, Mari, Jack, and our best friend, Alistair. Oh, God, he's still here. Stop trying to hold my hand. You're so clammy, Alistair. (laughs) I get lonely. We're right here. All right, Doran. Take us home. All right. Well, here we go. And Doran steps up to the door, and he looks like he's about to raise his hands and say it. And you might almost expect him to say it in some loud, boisterous command. And he go, but he walks up and he goes, "Drick Tartine." <laughs> Get it over with. And very matter of factly, and the door just kind of opens. With all the grandiosity that Doran lacked, the door swings wide on invisible hinges and reveals a mountain pass that heads up to Scarborough. I fucking hate being underground. Beyond the stone doors that guard the way to Scarborough from the surface dwellers, a set of carved stone stairs leads down into the rock face of the mountain, into the darkness. Once the light from the winter sun has diminished to a dim hole at your backs, the doors grind closed behind you and lead you to travel the path through the underdark towards Doran Ironfist's homestead. Uh, I, uh, I don't like being underground, Mari. I don't know how much you and I have been under here yet. Uh, I mean, <laughs> Mari's sort of looking around. She's just thinking about the fact that, like, when she joined, she did not expect there to be just, like, this much time, like, in a sewer, underground. <laughs> like, <laughs> just, she's you're like, welcome. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. And she's she's taking off the dark vision goggles and she's doing that thing with them, like, like the, <sighs> like you're rubbing them on her, <laughs> on her coat because they're so smudged. <laughs> oh, no. Like, right, I don't know. <sighs> I mean, I'm not a, I can't say that I want to be down here either, but this is this is for Doran and and his family. Just and give me sky. Lots of sky. Look, sewers are one thing, and even underground gnomish settlements are another, but this, this stone, this 
feels like like, like I'm being suffocated a little bit. All right, <laughs> all right. Like puts his hand on the wall. <laughs> Doran's uh, kind of walking ahead of the three of you, four of you, and uh, he's... Oh, God, right. <laughs> Alistair. <laughs> Shit. Right. And, he's still he, worry. He, he puts his hand on the wall, but he touches <laughs> Alistair's face, who's standing right next to him. Oh, your face is so greasy. Alistair doesn't even move. He just smiles underneath your hand. He licks uh, your hand a little. Uh, yeah, he's like <laughs> creepy. Is, why is your mouth so wet? <laughs> He's smelling your feet. <laughs> Stop licking your lips. Anyway, let's keep going. My tummy's a little upset from all that mugdool food. Doran's walking ahead of the three of you, and he turns back, listening to uh, Mari's uh, comment about how it's... Whinging? Well, yeah, Mari's comment and Red's comment. And he says, uh, You know... Compared to some of the places we've been, this is beautiful. And he's kind of looking up and he says, look, look, yeah, I, I, I get it. You guys are, are thinking, oh, you know, this isn't that great. But wait until you see just how magnificent this city actually is. Because, I mean, you know, okay, this corridor isn't much to talk about, but it's finely carved. And you have to remember, this is really basically a fire exit because this is really very <laughs> rarely used. Unless, Hold of course, when you, you got... say fire exit, Doran, and Red Lake walks up, do you mean to say that if there's a fire underground, you leave underground? Well, I'm just saying sometimes <laughs> um, there have been instances. I say fire exit could be flood exit. I'm just saying there Wait, has been instances where... If there's a flood where... underground, you just leave well, underground? It's, it's nothing, to, nothing for you to worry about. Like but earthworms after rain. You always want to have right, uh, we'll an emergency out. exit. Do you understand? <laughs> <laughs> Waterlogged dwarves just like lying on the meadows, gasping for air, <laughs> just so pouring. Out. <laughs> well, you know, it's like foxes. You, you get that right, right? I mean, you're tabaxi. Foxes, tabaxi, kind of. Oh, totally. But we don't live underground. No, I'm, I guess what I'm saying is, you always dig through. You got to. You have to have at least two exits. Building code. I'll put it this way. It doesn't really matter. Yeah, totally. I, I guess my do. point is yeah. don't judge so quickly and, and follow me. It's going to be, we, we, we're going to get there soon enough. You seem so eager to get home. I can believe that dwarves would have like fantastic building code that they would stick to like some rigid rules and they'd be like, is this, is this OSHA certified? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Overground. <laughs> Make sure that we have an, an entrance to the overground. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. The over dark, the over light. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, uh, you, you lead the way. I'm, I'm getting my bearings. It's been a few hours now. I'm feeling a little, a little better. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll tell you this much. You really have very little to worry about. We're in the, we're in the home of, uh, of the Dwarven Kingdom for uh, at least the Iron Fists and uh, a few of the other major major clans at least at least it was a you know a couple decades ago what are you looking forward to the most well i guess you know what you know at this stage of things i, I think i'm just looking forward to the confrontation and getting it over with because for a long time i you know i've been traveling and avoiding this for long enough i, I suppose going to happen at some point so i i'm really just looking forward to to how do you say? Cauterize the wound? Yeah, exactly. Just get it over with and tear the, tear the bandages off. <laughs> I was going to go rip the band-aid off, but I was like, band-aids aren't a thing. But you're- <laughs> what the hell's a band-aid? I oh, mean- you mean do a cure wound? Yeah, you, yes. know, yeah. you, know you know how painful it can be when you have a, 
A wound starting to heal. Rap with the healing staff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I get that. Um, yeah. Jack quite scars. literally gets that right now. Yeah. But, you know, I'm, I'm sort of letting the, the adrenaline uh, push me because I'm not really looking forward to it. I, I, I have no idea what any of my family or friends are going to say, if they're even still friends or if they didn't consider me family. Sounds like best not to think too hard of it till we're there and and figure out the rest of the path there. What's what's up ahead? Yeah, well, we're going to be going through some tunnels, crossing some bridges. We'll see some stairwells and staircases, some crevasses, underground lakes, rocks, lots of rock, lakes, mushrooms. <laughs> and he takes a sip of his wine in the city. Ah. <laughs> uh. Your footsteps echo in the dark as a cavern opens up to your right. The sheer side of the path you travel drops off into a cliff. Pebbles your feet dislodge, sent skittering down into who knows what depths, while overhead stalactites hang threateningly in dripping columns. Oh, watch your step here. It's a, a long drop. Hello! Oh, don't 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 mention it. Marty's <laughs> trying to just not look down too much. She does not like heights, and she's just again. She's hey, we had one of you before. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> don't worry, he died. <laughs> but not from falling. Not from heights. No. no. <laughs> uh-huh. Oh no. Um, I don't know if it, I don't know if it would be comforting in the like darkness using dark vision that you're like vision just fades to darkness after 60 feet no matter what direction you look up down like so there's a fall there you know it's further than 60 feet you don't have to think about anything yeah. beyond that she's so she's looking very disorienting the the problem is that every time she looks her brain tries to sort of like correct itself into thinking that this is like a night sky and she just can't mm. see stars anywhere so there's this endless blackness and it it just it it's kind of frightening Further on, an ancient lava flow has created a winding, worm-like crevasse whose bottom still emanates the electric orange glow of molten rock. The air down here is thick and warm and smells of sulfur. Mmm. Sometimes I wish I could take off my fur. Red sits down and, like, tightens one of his leg braces. It's been a while since I've smelt the molten lava of Underdark. Delicious. Just delicious. I tell you, there's really something about about invigorating that, that does bring me back to my childhood when I smell this these smells and and hear the the way your the way your voice echoes but then dies. <laughs> Quickly. And just be careful. You know, keep those li- goggles on, Mari, because one wrong strap. What do you mean, be careful? You just yelled out Echo and dies. <laughs> you look at Red, and he's got, like, a raw piece of chicken on a stick, and he's holding it over the molten, just, like, trying to cook it. <laughs> but he's, like, trying to stay really far away because his hair keeps singeing. He's like, God, this is tough. <laughs> Come on, be serious, darn. <sighs> I'm just oh, saying, keep those, mo- keep those dark goggles on because I want... One wrong step, and you'll be plummeting hundreds of meters into the deep, dark caverns of the Great Peak Mountains. It basically never ends. <laughs> wow. <Yeah. laughs> hey, remember when we went to that Myconid wedding? 
It's really cool. Yeah. 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 Myconids, they communicate through spores. So they, like, launch big mm. clouds, and you breathe them in, and then they can speak to you telepathically. Yeah. Huh. I used to just farm mushrooms, but okay. <laughs> yeah, you don't eat them. These ones are people. So we also snatched the Umber Hulk eggs? Yeah, Shale! Hi, Shale! Red turns and Shale's just standing behind him. Did oh. you? See you later! And he's just gone again forever. Uh, I was gonna say, I think you left Shale with someone <laughs> along the way. He's there when I want him to be. He's like a, he's like a, fam- you know what I need? I need f- a familiar spell. Find familiar. It's just called Find Shale. Find Shale. Summon pet. Dismiss Summon pet. pet. Mm-hmm. Dismiss pet. Yeah, except he's not <laughs> magical. He's just regular. It's not how you do it. Regular. <laughs> you know what I need to do? I need to make a secret portal just for him. But uh, yeah, he's back in. He's back in water deep. <laughs> Tormenting the copper cup. Yeah, t- oh, Torin's watching him. Red says it and kind of looks around. Oh. A- anyway, let's keep going. Yeah, it's this way. Doran points down. Doran leads you to a bridge which crosses the lava stream far below. The stone of the bridge is in ill repair and it looks somewhat dangerous. On the opposite side, you spot a group of figures. They seem to be gathered in a circle. Their murmured conversation echoes off of the cavern walls but is too low to be distinct. Once again to our wonderful Patreon supporters, Adam Fry, Amanda Kitchener, Amy Garza, Anne, Atholagoth, Cecil Lee Wilson, Jerry Rose Anderson, Christopher, Colin Burkhart, Crow, Casey, DS, Dippity, Elizabeth H, Flynn, Gareth Bradshaw, Haley, Haley again, Harper the Marks, Indrid Hartley, Jekyll, JD, Joy Robinson, Jory, KR, KM, Cade, Lasagna, Last Ruth on the left, Leader J, Lizzie Demon, Lorelai Feldman, Matilda Rushing, Melinda Curley, Moon, Melissa, Merlin, Sam C, Regan, Wren, Ruth Ann Reed, Scotty, S Ray 96, Tony Pepperoni, Xander Morning Dove, Zephyrus, and Zach House. Woo! There once was an orc named Mugdul, whose food, so good, made your mouth drool. We thought he'd attack, because the axe on my back, but the taste reminded me not to be a fool.